Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Feeling good, sir. Feeling good. Playoff win now. And we're off to see the Buffalo Bills. Wow, man. Talk about exercising the demons and getting a chance to shut down King Henry. It felt good. Yeah, yeah. That whole game felt really good. I mean, it was pretty high anxiety the whole time. Um, I think there was a little bit of uh, feelings left over from what happened last year and what happened earlier this year with, with how quickly the Titans offense can change the game. But, you know, and uh, like a performance of the ages for the Ravens defense and, of course, Lamar doing Lamar things on the offensive side. So we're going to get back to our usual format this week uh, as we talk about the Ravens win uh, in, on wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. And uh, we, we will hand out a game ball. Super duper. Super duper. And we'll we'll talk about, a little bit about Nickelodeon, too. I don't know if you tuned in for that game, but that was – I no. like oh, Was man. it cool? It was, I didn't actually do any of that. I, I, I couldn't – I couldn't tear myself away from the regular broadcast. So right, I'm, in, well, I'm going to be intrigued with your take there. Yeah. I'll uh, – yeah, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit of the things that I like there. Um, we'll do game ball, pop of the week. Uh, and then we'll look forward to the divisional round. As you mentioned, the, the Ravens come up to upstate New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. So, like you said, the Ravens uh, exercising demons. They erase some narratives. Uh, the narratives were flying all over the place uh, before this game. You know, of course, the Ravens uh, had... The main ones were Lamar can't win a playoff game, which is ridiculous because he's 24 years old and has only played two playoff games, um, that the Ravens can't play from behind, that their offense is not designed to come from behind, and that they can't beat the Titans. Was was there another narrative that I missed? I feel like I, I, I combined a couple of them. Um, They weren't tough enough. Maybe. What? Or they weren't as tough as the Titans. Oh, I definitely saw that on a couple of, uh, I don't know if it was NFL Network. I mean, they didn't necessarily say that the Ravens weren't tough, but they weren't as tough as the Titans, you know, so I I guess we proved them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, I'll I'll take your word for it. I didn't hear that one, but yeah, I mean. Oh, I definitely heard that. And I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it? Was it ES? I think it was on the ESPN coverage because they were the ones doing the pregame stuff, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I think it was one of the, you know, ESPN talking heads talking about how they thought the Titans were tougher. But yeah, I guess not. Yeah, so much. right. Not so much. So narratives out the window. Lamar Jackson gets his first career playoff win. Um, tough start <laughs> for Lamar and, and tough start for the Ravens in general. And I couldn't help but have the thought of, you know, here we go again, kind of creep yeah. in when it got to, you know, three nothing. And then that interception by Lamar was uh, just a pretty ugly throw. I mean, definitely not where he wanted to put that ball uh, on the interception early on. But and then the Titans come down and score again. And you say, well, oh, boy, this is tough. But the play that really turned things around for me was. Right before the end of the first quarter, Lamar Jackson escapes pressure, rolls out to his right, and completes a first down to his guy, the Mando, Mark Andrews, for a first down and continuing the drive. 
I thought that was a massive play. I thought it really turned things around for the offense. No, you're right about that. That was that was a big point. It was like they needed some they needed something to happen. And that was finally a point where here it is. The Ravens might actually come back and and do something here. Yeah. And and even in my notes, I I have 10 nothing Titans score here and we're okay. And um, that everything seemed a little helter skelter, a little erratic on that drive, like, you know. You get that completion to um, Andrews on on that kind of broken breakdown kind of play. Um, And then you get Gus Edwards breaking a tackle on on third and two uh, for the first down. And, you know, that if he got stopped, he he was contacted behind the line of scrimmage and he had to make a really nice play to, uh, you know, to convert the uh, the first down and. You know, everything just seemed like slightly off still. And but then yeah. you, you just got the feeling that, you know, OK, if we score like we can settle in, we can catch our breath a little bit and we'll be all right. And that did prove to be the case. Um, you know, right after that, there was that really nice f- slot fade that uh, Lamar threw to Marquise Brown, who had a terrific game. And I'd he love did. to get your thoughts on him. Um, and then, you know, you kick the field goal and then you're kind of right back in it. So. Uh, yeah, so that that drive, that particular completion to Mark Andrews really turned it around for me. And, I, you know, even I settled in a little bit, breathed a little sigh of relief and, and uh, was a little bit more comfortable than I, than when it was 10 nothing and it was third and long. And, uh, you know, the, the Ravens were fighting an uphill battle. No doubt. I mean, even I mean, just thinking about before they they kicked their field goal to make it 10, mm-hmm. 10 nothing. I mean, it was seven nothing. They're dry, you know, after that. You know, horseshit of a no call on uh, offensive pass interference on the A.J. Brown touchdown. You know, yeah. and then looking, and we'll talk about later, the the ridiculous call then, ticky-tack call on uh, Willie Sneed later in the game. And you look back and go, what? Um, yeah. But, you know, you think about the momentum shift that that, you know, just keeping the Titans – out of the end zone on that drive was so huge in mm-hmm. the course of the game. Looking back is, as you said, the Ravens were able to get their, their offensive juju going for lack of a better phrase to at least start heating up on the drive. They get their touchdown and then they're able to come back and tie it up. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, maybe we'll go a little bit off of our usual, um, usual pattern here because I I feel like you can't talk about the offense without talking about the defense in this game. This was a truly complimentary football kind of game, you know, where, where the offense is finding their feet, they didn't, you know, the defense gets beat up a little bit, and then the offense scores 10 straight, and the defense is able to, you know, catch their breath and make some mm-hmm. adjustments on their end. And, and, you know, the adjustments that were made on the defensive side you know, changing things up, you know, playing a little bit more zone, uh, mixing up coverages on A.J. Brown, even though actually, you know, Marlon Brown got, I'm sorry, Marlon Humphrey got beat a little bit early on. He ended up closing out the game against A.J. Brown uh, and, and really putting the clamps on him late. I, and, I'll, and I have some stats to, to share about that, too. But the adjustments that they made, uh, you know, covering the tight ends with Jimmy Smith after they hurt us on a couple long plays. I mean, Wink Martindale was masterful. And of course, you can't mention uh, 
the defense without talking about the effort that they showed stopping Derrick Henry. Oh, you 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 can't. I I mean it's it's that is such a massive factor. You think about how we were able to win time of possession on offense. Well, that goes such a long way to helping the defense, and it also shows that we were able to keep them off the field. I mean, and mm-hmm. that is just you know, and it's funny. He's one of those guys that you know you know he's just gonna eat up the other team, even if he's not doing anything by the fourth quarter, suddenly he's going to break out a bunch of big runs. That's exactly what he did to us in the game during the regular season. And and you could sort of see, I mean, there was that one run where he ran, it was his longest run, yeah. like eight yards. And, you know, you could see if, if they hadn't stopped, he probably was to the house. Yep. Very well would have been a game-changing play. King Henry's back, blah, blah, blah. Trip him up, boom, eight-yard carry, and hey, guess what? He didn't have anything better than that the rest of the ballgame. Not a single first down run, a, a, a run that ended up being a first down for Henry. Yeah, or a they had first run. down length, the more than 10 yards, you know, yeah. the run that in and of itself is a first down. Right, and and that's kind of what, what the league had gotten used to when watching Derrick Henry. They had one rushing first down, and that was the QB sneak on the final drive for the Titans. But what they did against the run game was was unbelievable. And, and we were talking just before this, and the like, if you look at the box score, the tackle numbers are, are very spread out. And that's the sign of a real collective effort. You know, there's not just one guy going out there and, you know, because they you were can't absolutely do that. swarming to the football. Yeah. Yeah, and like you can't have one guy locked in and do that to this offense. It has to be yeah. all eleven guys every snap. And yeah, they made their plays. You know, they started out hot on that touchdown drive. They looked really good on their on their field goal drive. They were getting the tight ends involved, and I was like, oh boy, here we go, tight ends versus linebackers. You know, we're we're gonna get crushed. And we've I've been saying that for weeks that these linebackers get crushed when they when they're man to man, but. Wink Martindale made his adjustments, like we mentioned. You know, he, he switched up de- uh, uh, defensive looks and really had the Titans on their heels. And, you know, his guys went out and made some awesome plays. There were pass breakups. There were uh, Jihad Ward had sniffed out that screen, which was which was looking like it was going to be a big play. Um, you know, he batted it back. To so close. That was yeah. so close to being a pick six. Yeah. Yeah. And And, you know. Man, and, and and that's the kind of thing that in the past, like, the, it would have gotten batted back to Tannehill and he would have been able to run for, like, a six-yard game. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was so worried about 10 that, 10 years too. ago. When he yeah, caught right. it. I was like, okay, that's not great. He could go <laughs> here and make a play right now. Right, right, <laughs> right. We got to make this tackle. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it, it was it was an awesome, awesome effort. Um, you know, the Ravens end up scoring 17 straight points. The, the defense was so locked in. Like I said, the offense settled in. The one point of a little bit of disappointment after the Ravens scored their 10th point was that drive right before the half. Um, you know, they were looking great up till ha- uh, midfield. And then the wheels fell off and it got really ugly. Uh, and then you ended up with a very weird holding penalty that gave us the first down and then you just kneel it. 
Um, it would have been nice to score there, especially getting to midfield uh, with a couple timeouts left, uh, even if it's just a field goal, because we were coming back in the second half receiving again. So, you know, I was a little disappointed by how that drive ended. But um, overall, like I said, very effective complimentary football being played by the Ravens. And, and that's that's what it took to beat a, an opponent of the Titans caliber. Absolutely. You know, and I can't agree with you more regarding the, the last drive of the half. You know, it's like I almost feel like that's the kind of the thing as this offense continues to grow together and, you know, Lamar becomes a more seasoned quarterback and, you know, someone like Andrews and some of the offensive line or, you know, just a little bit more seasoned, you know, that's where you get that killer instinct and you go, okay, this is where teams like, you know, Drew Brees led teams, Pat Mahomes led teams, they're going to go down and make sure they score. Cause like you said, Mm -hmm that's a perfect place to put your, your foot on somebody's neck because you're scoring and then you're getting the ball at the half. Right. You know, at, so that's huge. I mean, and I mean, that's the whole point of taking the ball at the half, mm-hmm. you know, so you have that chance to automatically have that turnover that, you know, you can get either momentum back or, extend it that that much further and we certainly opened up the door for the titans to to get a little bit more spring in their step in the second half now thankfully we didn't let that happen yeah yeah for sure and and you know if we we talked about the defensive adjustments that were made we have to talk about the offensive adjustments that were made we started out the game and i was very concerned um that we didn't see the offense that we had seen for the past five or six weeks where things were spread out. We were getting speed going side to side to stretching out these defenses and, um, you know, running the ball effectively out of a a spread out formation. We were seeing a lot of bunch formations. We weren't seeing much motion from either Ricard or wide receivers or even JK Dobbins on his, on his jet sweep kind of runs. We weren't seeing that. And I was like, what is happening? Where is that that worked so well for the last five weeks? And then things kind of shifted a little bit because of the way that the corners were playing for the Titans. The flats were wide open for the Ravens. And that's when our guy, Pat Ricard, got involved. Pat the project. I mean, I, I think I texted you during the game. I take everything back I ever said about Patrick Ricard because I've talked about how much I love fullbacks and I do love Patrick Ricard with what he brings to you know from the blocking perspective. But I was always a little concerned when he got involved in the running and the passing game, actually carrying or catching the ball. But oh, did he prove me wrong? He made some like tough catches. Like not Absolutely. not for a, not for a defensive lineman playing fullback fullback, like tough catches for anyone, reaching yeah. out away from his body and and being able to turn up field and and gain first downs and he had that he had that nice catch to get in and and catch and run to get inside the five yard line that set up Dobbins for the score, I mean, he was highly effective but in general getting out into the flats and hitting those outside passes that, you know, another, maybe another narrative, Lamar can't pass the ball outside the numbers. Well, we saw on, on Sunday that he can, and he had to, 
And, you know, that was one of the main reasons that the offense started to look a lot better is because these plays to the outside were more effective. Absolutely. And, you know, who was one of those players getting involved on the outside? Our boy Marquise Brown. Brown. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have to say, look, I give him a lot of grief. And I think I think of a lot of it's rightfully so. And a lot of it's because I'm comparing him to that guy on the other side of the field on Sunday, A.J. Brown. And I still stand by all those things. But that said, look, Marquise Brown definitely has the potential to be a very high level wide receiver. Do I is he what I I would ever look at and say he's my number one? You know, that monster guy you want on the field? No, because that's not who he is. But I think he could still be a very high-level wide receiver, and hopefully he will continue to do that as we're seeing now. I mean, he definitely, you know, is is very good when we actually utilize him in these outside, you know, with these outside roles and attacking outside the numbers, as you said. Now, one thing I do have to say about Marquise, and I don't want to sound too overly negative here because I think it's also smarts on his end, so I don't really want to want this to sound as as negative as it may come off but you know i think at some point going to be some kind of a bad narrative about how marquise is real quick to step out of bounds and not get the extra yard or you know i i I don't know i and i'm not saying he doesn't have heart i'm i'm not at all saying that and i think in a lot of respects it's a very smart thing to do with your body in this day and age of the nfl so i'm not trying to call him out for that but I'm waiting for that to happen from other people. Can I? Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it already does kind of happen. And like you said, I think it's smart. You know, he, I was really impressed with his run after the catch uh, performance on Sunday because whether it was, um, you know, gaining a few more yards and then stepping out of bounds or on those little orbit passes behind the line of scrimmage and making guys miss, um, I, you know, I was pretty happy. Those scare the I... crap out of me, by the way. Can I just say that? Yeah. Like, yeah that, that one they did where he, like, caught it. Thank God he caught it. Behind like, his head? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I, but, but, like, you know, his, I am still, like, impressed by that. And, and his ability to preserve himself from getting yeah. lit up. You know? Agreed. I, you know, I'm on. I'm in the camp that that's a good, smart way for him to play. Of course, like you see AJ Brown, like you know, playing through contact and driving forward to dive for the first down, and yeah. that's just not. They, you know, that's just not what you're going to get out of Marquise Brown. And you know, he'll make a. It's guy just the and... optics look bad. It's like, it, you know, as much as I agree, look, that's the smart way to play. I would, I would want my wide receiver as a coach to do that, to, you know, make sure you're healthy, all that stuff. But certainly as a parent, you know, I would want my son to do that, you know, but I just, I just hope it doesn't, let me put it this way. Take the negative narrative slant narrative out of it. I just hope it doesn't end up hurting the Ravens. You know what I mean? Like, like not that he's doing it on purpose, but just, he does that, and we lose the game because of a yard that he could have gotten if he maybe dove a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. You know, more I know often I'm than that, I'm making up a problem here. I'm totally yeah. making up a problem here as we're talking about a fantastic playoff win, 
where Marquise Brown was a star of that game. So I, I, I'm, I'm, we should digress back to the main topic. But, you know, I know we, we battle about Marquise a little bit, so I think it's also somewhat valid. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's certainly something to it. And I think it's different if you get DK Metcalf or A.J. Brown stepping out of bounds. But for the, for the yeah. stature that Marquise plays at, it doesn't make sense for him to go back into well, the middle of the field point. with bigger that's bodies a, coming towards him. That's you know, point. so I think that's got something to do with it. I also think that, you know, generally he's pretty smart about where the sticks are. Um, you know, he did have that one incident going out of bounds when we wanted the clock to run or not going out of bounds when we, when we wanted to stop the clock earlier this year. I forget which which exact game that was, but you know, I generally think he's he's pretty on it when it comes to that. So hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come back to hurt the Ravens. But you know, over the past one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, he has been really good and and you know really coming yeah, into his own. Credit he's and, you know after that no catch performance against the Titans the first time. Um, you know, he's kind of lit it up uh, as far as we're used to seeing any wide receiver do in Baltimore, um, you know, outside of like Bolden and Derek Mason and those guys. But um, he was he was fantastic. Um, we didn't get as much production out of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards that, that we maybe we anticipated uh, based on, you know, the, the previous several weeks. Dobbins had nine carries, which is maybe a little bit less than we thought he would get for 48 yard for 43 yards. And Gus Edwards had eight carries for 38 yards. So, again, very effective carries, uh, you know, both of them averaging almost five yards a pop, but maybe not as involved as we anticipated. Uh, you know, that might just be a uh, reflection of how the Titans were kind of defending the middle of the field. But we did see Dobbins turn a corner once. Um, and, of course, Gus Edwards, with the closer, iced the game. Yeah, you know, I think I think some of that too is just the circumstances of the game. You know, when you've got a guy like Lamar get hot running the football, it's mm-hmm. hard not to a keep the ball in his hands, but b he's going to want to keep the ball in his hands. So all those plays where he's you know hits his decision whether to keep it or to hand it off to you know you name the running back he could hand it to. You know, I, I think that's also a big part of it. Because if he's feeling it, I'm okay with Lamar saying, let's go. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's another end, end, or another, what am I trying to say? Another point, I guess, of this running game that we got to think about. Because sometimes there are passing plays, sometimes Lamar keeps it. And that's all his choice because they're not really sure, depending on how the defense is even going to play it, until he's actually got the ball in the you know, the belly of the runner, which is crazy to me that they do that every play or just about every play. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a big part of it, too. I mean, I think just the fact that, I mean, we saw, as John Harbaugh said after the game, possibly the greatest running play by a quarterback in NFL history. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. It's not. You think about the the circumstances of the game, the playoff game, coming back in a deficit, all that stuff. Away, they actually had fans in the stands. Um, you know, so 
what can you say? I mean, you, you go into this game. I mean, we need to start praising Lamar Jackson. I mean, I I, I am ever I am always impressed. In interviews, he continues to get more and more. I, you know, just comfortable. I think is the right word. I I don't want to say. You know, at, at, he just at, he just I guess is getting more and more comfortable is the best way to say it. And you can see, I mean, just the fact that he's talking about changing the narrative and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think quarterbacks could have said or younger guys um, could have responded to some of those questions. And he was just like, hey, we just need to go win. And he kind of let it go it like you could see he was just like this is stupid we just need to go win and then this whole thing is done and i really like that attitude i loved the way he was just finally able to turn into himself you know you know once you know once that you know like you said that drive that you know okay we went and got the field goal all right but it was like when he hit that run and scored, then you're like, okay, we're back. Here we go. This, you know, and it's funny. I was texting with a friend of mine who's actually, he's not a Ravens fan, uh, but he was watching the game and um, he was just going, God, how can you like stand watching this offense every week? Because he, it, we looked awful. Think about it. Up until, up until, Lamar's run. We really hadn't, you know, we were pretty crappy looking at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then right after, like literally like a minute after he texted me that, boom, Lamar scores and he replied back with, oh, now I get it. Yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> it can, it can, it can happen <laughs> in, the, in the blink of an eye. With in him. an absolute blink of an eye. Yeah, I, and I think you're right it, it, that he was just able to be himself. And and to me, in the previous two playoff games, I got a sense of him like pressing a little bit. Yeah, you know, after, after going four and two, uh, fourteen and two, being the MVP, being the one seed, and trying to erase his performance against the Chargers in the pre- previous round of the playoffs, there just seemed like Which there was still a isn't fair because he was a rookie who didn't right. even start till midseason and all that jazz. But anyway. Right. And, 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 you know, there's all that on him, plus the narratives that we already talked about. And I feel like I've heard the word narrative so much this week. But, yeah. you know, all of that was there. And, you know, he used that experience and he was like, you know what, it's 10 points, whatever. Like, you know, I can I can run 48 yards for this touchdown. It will be tied up. And mm-hmm. I think it was that attitude that, you know help the offense they're like hey you know we had this field goal drive it was probably still didn't look that great but in the blink of an eye we can turn it on and we can look really good and tie this game up and then you know the defense is like yeah you know what we gave up 10 points but you know what lamar's got our back you know he's going to be able to make a make plays and we're going to be able to force three punts in a row out of the titans you know so i mean he changes so much you know as good as the other players on this roster are you know, it is not a team unless 
Lamar is your quarterback. And, and I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it's not a playoff contending. It's team. not a successful team unless them. I mean, we're, we're obviously built around Lamar. So as Lamar yeah. goes, so goes the Ravens or so go the Ravens. Right. Right. And it is it, like you said, I mean, just the way that he speaks is uh, so impressive. I and mean, he's turned 24. And, you know, I was talking to Mike, um, who, who came on the show uh, for, for uh, Inside the Bank. And we were just like, dude, like, what were we doing at 24? And this guy, is, yeah. you know, I know, he's so impressive. Now, now, granted, I, probably, I, I didn't I made a lot of bad decisions similar to his like weird. You know, now I don't. Not that I have any tattoos, mind you, but you know, definitely, probably similar level decisions in some respects. When I was a twenty three, twenty. But yeah, I also wasn't uh, doing what he does. That is for darn sure. Yeah, and being as accountable as he is from week to week, um, in front of reporters, and just the leadership that he shows and maturity at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about you think about players with his talent. Now, look, not that Lamar doesn't have his flashy moments. I mean, he's and he's well, you know, well to his right to have those moments. But but you then you look at somebody like say a Deion Sanders, you know, who's who's that level of an athlete as far as comparable athletes to Lamar. And you think about the flash of Deion. Well, Lamar's flash isn't anywhere near that. Oh he's yeah, yeah. Manning. Right, he's compared to, compared to to Dion, you know. Right. So it's it's amazing. I mean, the humility from the kid at such a young age, the the humility, maturity, leadership, and just pure excellence that we get to watch on a week to week basis is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could have an entire episode just talking about him. Um, but I mean, he was unbelievable. Like you said, like he goes, the Ravens go, and he was good. I mean, you know, didn't put up a ton of passing yards, which for whatever reason, people still count yards as a as an effective stat to talk about quarterback performance. But he was efficient. You know, he he passed the ball outside the numbers, which is what the Titans said. You know, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to pass it outside. And he did. And, you know, he had to do what he had to do to win. And, you know, just just don't try those passes way way deep down the sidelines to the outside the numbers those well, those maybe we you know just fake that don't don't actually <laughs> try those right if, if you are going to try them don't throw them inside because they will yeah. get intercepted yeah really really go outside on them <laughs> right um yeah i mean he was he was unbelievable you know let's see I did. I did want to bring up, up up a couple things about Lamar and his biggest plays. So his three biggest plays that I identified. The first we already talked about. It was the last play of the first quarter, and uh, the completion to Mark Andrews. That was the third and seventh, the third and long, forty-eight yard touchdown run. Third and nine, third and long. His thirty-three yard game gain to essentially ice uh, the game uh, on that last drive in the fourth quarter was on a second and 10, so second and long. He also erased that narrative that the Ravens need to stay on schedule to be effective. Obviously, the Ravens look a lot better when they're in second and short and third and short, but 
he made things happen. His biggest plays were in long yarded situations, and that clutch, those clutch performance plays, uh, were what what ended up making the difference. So I wanted to point that out and make sure that I said that on on the record. So are you saying that not only huge. has Lamar won a playoff game and that he is a playoff game winning quarterback, he is also a very clutch quarterback? Yeah, shocking, right? I know. So so our MVP caliber quarterback, or not just caliber, but MVP winning quarterback that is the only quarterback to ever rush for 1,000 yards in season, back-to-back seasons, mind you, is also a very efficient thrower of the football who can also make plays. Why do people get so upset about our quarterback? You know, I don't know. I don't know. For whatever reason, he's a very divisive figure out there. And, uh, you know, I I like to think that it's jealousy because the Ravens have Lamar Jackson and nobody else does. Um, Thank God for it. Yep, for sure. Uh, The other things that I wanted to talk about were the defensive adjustments. I want to get back to that. Uh, Early one-on-one Marlon Humphrey versus A.J. Brown did not go well. Very briefly, they had Jimmy Smith, maybe for one or two snaps, go on to Brown and kind of shake things up a little bit. And then the tight ends for the Titans. Oh, that's funny. Tight ends, tight ends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I just thought about no, that. No, that's but, all right. I, I like it. I like it. No, that's <laughs> fantastic, dude. I'm never, yeah, I'm, right. I'll, I'll giggle with that. <laughs> that's all I need. Um once that happened, Jimmy Smith moves over to the tight ends, and you put Marlon Humphrey back on A.J. Brown with a little bit of safety help. And that is really what changed things around. So, A.J. Brown scored his touchdown with five minutes and 44 seconds left in the first quarter. And up till that point, he had four targets, three catches for 52 yards, and that touchdown. After that, so for the last... 50 minutes and 44 seconds of the game. He has six targets, three catches, and 31 yards. His last touch of the football was with 12 minutes and 11 seconds in the fourth quarter. That is what I call an adjustment, man. That is unbelievable. I mean, that really is. That's that's, to take him out of the game there. You know, if you think about the, the previous game, the regular season game, who was the guy dragging defenders along? you know, into the end zone late and making yep. big plays for them. It was A.J. Brown. So yep. to, to cancel him out, along with canceling out Derrick Henry, again, it's just such a complete effort by everybody involved. Um, and, and it's just, I mean, that's awesome. It's, it's like that. Here, here's my overreaction of the week. This performance on defense is the jewel on Wink Martindale's head coach resume and and i think this is the game that convinces some team to hire him because it was a masterful job what he did it really was and and you made fantastic points all the way around i certainly i certainly hope we more seasons to come of wink martindale as our uh defensive coordinator selfishly i hope he becomes the the guy that just too surly and, uh, you know, uh, how do I want to put it? Uh, 
salt of the earth to be your head coach, you know, for whatever reason. And, and he gets to just be a fantastically high paid defensive coordinator for the Ravens for the rest of his career. But, you know, that said, I mean, masterful performance by him as, as, as you, as you laid out there. I mean, I couldn't put it any better. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, Wink Martindale is, is fantastic and, and uh, deservedly so he should be getting some, some head coaching recognition, but is anyone really out there looking at him though? I haven't really read anything yet. Um, yeah. That, about that's any interesting. It's thing. interesting that he's not uh, at least nothing that's been in the news that much, because if you remember last year, he was, he was going out for some interviews and things like that. But I do want to bring that up when it comes to the Bills. So if, if you don't mind, I'd like to table that for a second. Absolutely. We'll set that aside. All right, cool. So, don't, yeah, don't let me forget that because I, I do have a take on that. Um, All right. Sounds good. Now, one, let me give my uh, overreaction of the week real quick. And I'm actually giving yes, my overreaction it. to John Harbaugh uh, for his overreaction that this win was the greatest win he'd ever been associated in his history as a head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. I, look, I, I, I'm not going to say it's not up there for all the emotional reasons. It's a playoff game. It's Lamar's first win, and you know this group's first playoff win, and you know the the satisfaction of beating the Titans and all. Of, I, I just can't imagine that his Super Bowl victory or any of the wins going towards that playoff run wouldn't feel any bigger than than this game i think yeah i think recency bias may maybe uh playing a part what do you think i agree with you um there's there's been some i mean this was a fantastic game like you said and it's definitely up there but probably some other ones that he's been associated I mean, with 10. you know it's oh 10. yeah yeah you know, but there have been some amazing wins. You know, it might be top eight. It might be top seven. But, you know, you think about that entire playoff run. There are probably four or five games just from that that should be, you know, you think about Denver, you think about the New England, and you think about the Super Bowl itself just in that playoff run. You know, right. and then you think about some of the other just wins against Pittsburgh or, you know, Know, wins against New England. You know that one, that one game in the playoff game in New England where Ray Rice went off and ran mm-hmm. for like crazy yards, and we we blew him out at in Foxborough. You know, um, right. so I I don't know. I, I'd like to think that they're they're bigger wins, but hey, who knows? Maybe this is the start of another amazing playoff run, and this win will be elevated in our minds you know, a few weeks from now. Yeah. And, and I get the sense of like, maybe it's one of those things that you kind of have to say in the moment that, uh, you know, just to, just to keep I everybody guess. a little that's bit a fired up. Strong I don't statement. Though. Yeah. I don't know. This is the best win ever, man. Like that's not <laughs> something I like from John Harper. From Yeah. From a super, you know what coach, I mean? You know, like, I yeah. There's some right. people out there, you know, I, I could, or the players or whatever. You know, it, I feel like John Har- Harbaugh is not one for a lot of hyperbole, so I was surprised by that. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so did you did you have anything else to add on the game, or should we get into? Not our, really. Our game I mean, ball? let's get our let's yeah, let's get our game balls pop of the week out of the way. I, I want to talk about then, Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. So I had a really hard time with the game ball because, like I said, it was such a team effort on the defensive side. So for now, I'm going to give it to Pernell McPhee, who was fantastic. He was right in the wheelhouse that we've kind of identified for him for with like 20 snaps. And boy, did he make the most of those. Massive. He, he was huge in, in run support. He, he, you know, kind of gets the assist on that Derek Wolf sack. You know, he was he was a beast out there. Um, and then I'm going to give it to Marquise Brown because, you know, I thought he was fantastic, you know, did a little bit of everything. And, you know, he started wearing that sleeve. And I wonder if that's what kind of added a little bit of swagger. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Mm. I'm going to give my game balls out in a second. I've got a random question about Pernell McPhee I want to bring up real quick after, yeah. after I'm done. So remind me. OK, so uh, so my game ball. Look, I've got to give Lamar. Mm-hmm. My game ball. I mean, he's absolutely got got to have it. He was fantastic. And then, last but not least, I'm giving my second game ball to Derek Wolf. He was so freaking amazing all game. Just like Pernell McPhee, they were just the the fearsome twosome uh, on that defensive line. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, there's so many directions he could have gone with this. I mean, Pat Ricard was deserving. Yeah, uh, and, I, and you're right. I the Pat Project Pat. I I even thought forgot about Pat. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, Calais Campbell was fantastic, and we haven't even talked about him yet. I mean, it, I mean, Patrick Queen was fantastic. On on, I mean, everybody was was so good. Um, yeah, I'll tell it, you it, one it, one other guy is my pop of the week, Malik Harrison, who had a oh, great yeah. great pop. On a tackle of uh, Derrick Henry at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, that was a shot. And, like, we both texted each other. We were like, whoa. And because that's what uh, Harrison is. He's like that big, thumping linebacker who, who can run and do do a little bit of everything. And he, he got a clean shot in on Henry. And, uh, man, that was good. He just gonna low- go- lowered that shoulder and drove right through him. Yep, yep, absolutely. I'm going to give mine to Deshaun Elliott for his late um, third down Ooh. pass breakup on Janu Smith. It was third and two. Um, Smith had the ball in his hands and was coming down, and, and Deshaun Elliott came out there and, and gave him a good shot. Led to that fourth down punt that everybody questioned from the Titans. Ravens go on a six-minute uh, field goal drive and kind of iced the game from there. So both situationally and physically it was a huge play and uh so my pop of the week goes to deshaun elliott so now the ravens move on you know we can't be we can't sit back and, and rest on our laurels we got to talk about the buffalo bills ravens play 8 15 saturday night in orchard park new york take on the number two seed buffalo bills who went 13 and three a huge difference in what they were last year as their offense got much much better with the improvement of Josh Allen and the uh, addition of Stefan Diggs and a defense that you know maybe we expected to be a little bit better but uh, is still pretty solid so where do we start here I mean I think we got to start with Josh Allen in the offense 
I mean, it, that's the that's the worry. I, I don't want to try to sit here and discount the Bills' defense like it's terrible. That's not the case. But the game starts to me and ends to me with what we can do against Josh Allen and those wide receivers. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, like I mentioned, they added Stephon Diggs, who is the yards leader in, recept- in, in receiving. And, and I know I said yards are not a great um, indicative stat on performance, but he has been fantastic this year. He's been such a nice addition for the offense. Of course, they have John Brown, who we recognize from his days in Baltimore. Cole Beasley is their slot guy. And, uh, you know, that makes for a very deep, very talented passing attack. And and even if you add in uh, Gabriel Davis as well, Josh Allen has not only been good in the pocket, but he he has that ability to extend plays because of how athletic he is. And because of his arm strength, he is near the top of the league against the blitz. So you talk about a lot of these things and and I I don't want to say that they're the same, but. He sounds a lot like Pat Mahomes, in which he can hurt you from the pocket. He can hurt you on the move. Uh, a lot, lot more mobile than than Mahomes is what I'll say. But you know, he he and the wide receivers do pose a similar challenge. Oh, I, I'm with you there completely. I mean, Josh Allen is every bit as a daunting task at this point as facing Patrick Mahomes. I mean, maybe not, maybe not quite. To Patrick Mahomes yet, of course, but he's certainly right there. I mean, he is a fantastic quarterback, by far the best quarterback that the Bills have had since Jim Kelly, and probably has a chance to rival Kelly's career. I'll be quite oh, frank, and that's a that's a strong statement. I mean, and I I this is coming from a guy that look when the Ravens were not a team, I actually became somewhat of a Bills fan. Because I didn't, you know, I was a transient NFL fan. I really didn't have a team as a kid. And those teams were fun to watch. With the K-Gun and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid. And I'll tell you what, I love the Bills. And I that heartbreak, some of the first sports heartbreak I lived through were four straight Super Bowl losses as mm. a Bills fan, as a kid. And now, obviously, once the Ravens move, I, you know, abandoned that fandom for my hometown team. But, you know, there's still that soft spot a little bit for the for the Bills there. But I'll tell you what, Josh Allen is is fantastic. And I know that's a strong statement to say he is he is looking at a fantastic career in uh, northern New York or upstate New York right now. He is. And, and I agree. It, it's really hard for me to root against the Bills. It, there's just such a likable fan base, <laughs> you know, just the way that they tailgate and things like that, you know, get like I, I just enjoy watching those videos of the Bills Mafia. Uh, one of my one of my best friends from college is a huge Bills fan. He's from Rochester. And, um, you know, so, I, yeah, I, too, kind of like the Bills. I like Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs is a Maryland guy. You know, it, it's hard not to like them. but. They are the enemy this week. They are. Absolutely. So I I have to talk about how the Ravens are better than the Bills. And it's going to be tough to do that because there's not much to nitpick here. But they don't have the greatest running offense. They're kind of limited 
uh, on what they do there. So very different challenge than what the Ravens faced uh, against Derrick Henry. Also, they don't use the tight end very much as a receiver. So they have Dawson Knox and you know, using you know, knowing a tight end's name is similar to knowing a, a offensive lineman's name, in which like if you know their name, they're probably pretty good. Um, so I do know the name Dox, Dawson Knox. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's like digging deep in fantasy, looking for a tight end to start when uh, Mark Andrews was on a bye or something. But they don't use him very much, and that was one of my concerns last week. Was was before the Jimmy Smith. Um, adjustment that was made was the effectiveness of the tight ends against our linebackers. That may not be a concern this week. The other thing that they like to do is use Josh Allen as a runner on some zone read plays. Now, if that sounds familiar, it should, because our defense is used to seeing Lamar run a lot of zone read from last year. Maybe not so much zone read this year, but a lot of zone read from Lamar last year. And the Titans like to do that with Ryan Tannehill quite a bit. So I'm sure they prepared for Tannehill's zone read. So those three things should leave the the Ravens defense fairly prepared uh, to take on the offense. Is that an oversimplification? What do you think here? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's a good thing to look at. You know, the other thing I like to look at here, it's a little flip of the script of what you're talking about, but the fact that their run defense is not very good. So the mm-hmm. Ravens should be able to take take advantage of the bill just by running the football and controlling the clock. And that, of course, takes the ball out of Josh Allen's hand. So that that's going to play both on an offensive uh, strategy as well as a defensive strategy, because obviously that limits the, the Bills' time on the field. Now, another thing to think about, too, is the Bills – uh, in a couple games this year against uh, mobile quarterbacks, you know, they didn't fare all that well. So Lamar is the best of the bunch. So you've got to think mm. between both Lamar's uh, athletic ability running out of the pocket and, of course, our just general ability running the football with our running backs. I think that that is where you're going to see whether the Ravens can win the game or not. Yeah, that's a great point. And and the Bills' best group on defense is the secondary with um, Tredavious White, uh, Micah High, Jordan Poyer. And if you turn it into a running game, that kind of negates their ability to take the ball away. So the, the Bills are near the top of the league in takeaways. I think they're number three in takeaways on the year. And, um, you know, even more than the Ravens had this year. So if you kind of take that secondary, that talented secondary, out of the equation by by running at them instead of putting the ball up in the air, you know, that changes the effectiveness of that defense as well. So do they stack the box? You know, how do they adjust to what they would expect the Ravens to do, which is, you know, get some get some heavy personnel in there and, and run Dobbins and Lamar and, and Gus? And um, does that give you some one-on-ones outside with, with uh, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, you know, so it's, it's going to be an interesting chess match there. But like you said, without, without a stalwart rush defense and, you know, they have their best uh, defensive lineman, Star Latulale uh, opted out before the, before the season. Um, They have a couple guys that are hurt. Um, Is it Tremaine Edmonds that's on the bills? I know his brother's on the Steelers. Okay. Tremaine Edmonds, 
hamstring issue. And, you know, from what I read on Twitter, he was much less effective against the Colts after the injury than he was before, uh, especially using his speed sideline to sideline. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. So while the Bills, 13-3, and three, very are very good, I, I get a feeling that the Ravens might match up with them fairly well. I, I agree with you. You know, at first I was looking at this like, like I'd feel going into playing the Chiefs, quite frankly. You know, and I'm like, oh, I really did not want to end up going. Like, I, 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 I thought, I'm wrong. If we, no, we would have gone to Kansas City. We would have gone to Kansas City, I guess, if we didn't play Buffalo, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess my, you know, that whole narrative that I think I come up with in my head, I was like, well, the perfect story in my head is, you know, we beat the Titans, we beat the Chiefs, and then we beat the Steelers after losing twice in the regular season to get to the Super Bowl. You know, that mm-hmm. steamed, that seemed like the, you know, you're exercising all your yeah. demons as you get, you know. And then, so we beat the Titans, the Browns win, and I was like, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. We're going to Buffalo, which is weird. And I started, and, and at first I was like, oh, man, their offense is so explosive. I'm concerned. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, and look, not to say I'm not at all <laughs> unconcerned about that, but just the fact that they don't defend against the run. Right? It, just, it just seemed like the more I looked into it, that if the Ravens can play their cards right, this game really does lean in their favor. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at some stats here. Uh, the the Bills' leading rusher was Devin Singletary with uh, 687 yards on the year. He averaged four and, a half, four and a half yards per carry, just about. Uh, the Ravens had three guys over 700 yards, and all of them <laughs> averaged more than five yards a carry. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a matchup to be won here, and, and it's on the ground, and that kind of plays into the whole formula of run the ball, milk the clock, keep Josh Allen on the sideline. And you know, like the more and more I see, and the more and more I think about it, even with that dynamic passing offense you know that's our best defensive group too is is our secondary matching up against guys yeah. like you know exactly. the guys that we mentioned already you know if we don't have to commit a ton of resources to stopping the run like we did against the titans does that give us a little bit more flexibility to play nickel and some dime and get more defensive backs on the field um Instead oh, of having multiple linebackers out there, and and you don't, th- does yeah. that also play into our favor? So, you know, as, I think it has like, to, man. Yeah, like I'm saying, I'm slowly, I'm so, well, I'm slowly talking myself into this being a good matchup for the Ravens, despite how good the Bills have have been this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are a really good team, mm-hmm. but like you said, you know, it allows us, you know. The fact that they don't pound the running game, although they 
do use um, their play action. I, I was mm-hmm. looking at some highlights. They use their play action fairly well, so that's something we're gonna have to worry about. Yeah. Um, even though you know their running game isn't as you know productive as the Ravens, they're still able to use that play. So the Ravens are gonna have to really shut down those guys, so then they can really give up on it. And then you just gotta work. Uh, Josh Allen running around, and that's not not as e- an easy feat either. No, it's not. And and I think Josh Allen kind of running around and making plays is it concerns me more than a, a called run for him. Um, yeah, you know we've Agreed. we've seen him extend plays and and you know, make some well and that's ridiculous throws. And, yeah, I mean you look at like and and I know you you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, which that makes sense too. But I just think about how maddening playing Roethlisberger was at, at the height of his before he was older and couldn't run around as much yeah. anymore. Because he he just had and it wasn't look Josh Allen's more athletic than I was, but I feel like Josh Allen has that same sort of pocket in how he's able to evade tackles and then create plays off of those. Um, yeah, you know, it just, he just, it just, for whatever reason, that's what pops into my head when I see him running around. Uh, he is just, he just takes the game upon himself and wow, he's a really good player that the Ravens are going to have to figure out how to shut down. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, Wink Martindale came, well, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but we're here on Wednesday the 13th talking about this in the evening. Um, Wing Martindale earlier said that despite Josh Allen's proficiency against the blitz, you know, the Ravens are who they are. He is who he is, and we're still going to blitz him. And that's that's great. That's fine. You know, that's kind of how Patrick Mahomes beats this defense is, you know, we're not willing to adjust. But can you get pressure while containing him in the pocket? And it's the same thing that guys that, that people talk about with Lamar is don't let him escape the pocket and make plays with his legs because he, Josh Allen is, is ridiculously athletic. He can run pretty, pretty darn fast and, and make you pay. Can you get pressure on him without breaking contain in the pocket? And I think that's going to be a huge key. So my bulletin board, uh, material, I'm going to give it to Yannick Ngakwe. And, and, you know, he didn't show up in the stat sheet against the Titans, you know, despite it being a team effort. You know, he, he did, wasn't able to record any hurries or, or sacks or QB hits or anything like that. But I think it's going to be a big game for him to get pressure off the edge without trying to use a lot of players or you bring a lot of blitzes. You know, can, can Yannick Ngakwe get there on his own? and feed him into other pass rushers instead of letting him escape? And can he set the edge in, in, in situations like that? So that's that's the guy that I'm going to put uh, on my bulletin board. You know, there are a lot of ways we could go with the bulletin board this week. I was thinking about going with, with the uh, defensive backs, but since you went defense, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I really think, you know, it's, it's fantastic – As we said, he was able to flip the script, change the narrative. But to continue that narrative to truly be changed, he needs to keep winning. And, you know, 
if he gets to an AFC championship game, set aside if he's able to get to the Super Bowl. Get to the AFC championship game, and people can't say you can't win a playoff game. You won two of them in the same playoff run at least. So mm-hmm. let's keep keep that going. Make, get the two and two on the playoffs and keep that that script flipped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I love that. That's a that's a great point. So, I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up, or should we get into a prediction? Let's just get into it, man. What What did I say I was going to talk about later? Oh, you were going to say something oh, about Wink Martindale, yeah. weren't you? Okay, all right, so this is my take. Um, Wink Martindale, we haven't at least heard yet about him going for interviews or being called or, or anything like that yet, while... The Bills' offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, who has had a fantastic year this year, has been taking interviews and stuff like that. Does that change the mindset? Are these, is he, like, distracted or anything like that? And this is Ooh, nitpicking. I like it. This is nitpicking, but that's my take, and, and I'm, I'm going to squat on it. We'll see how the Bills' offense looks on, on Saturday, but... Uh, if they don't look good, I'm, I'm I'm putting that out into the universe, is that uh, he's distracted by job offers. I like it. I like it. And I hope that's the case. Now, here's uh, – as I had, I had one more thing I wanted to bring up, too, about Pernell McPhee. Yeah, okay. So random, yeah, I, I forgot to remind you, too. Question. So here's, so here's this guy, right, won a Super Bowl with us in 2012, you know, left for big money, comes back if – he leads us to another Super Bowl and plays another couple seasons of, with the Ravens just as he's played the last two. Is he a Ring of Honor guy? Two Super Bowl rings? One of the only Ravens other than Tucker that could say that. You know, Ray Ray. Uh, Random. I'm not sure that he is. I just find I it would, interesting. He I have have some, no. We have some questionable have some guys. Dark horse potential, though. Yeah, and there's some questionable guys in there uh, that, that, you know, maybe not Ring of Honor. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I'm referring to. But uh, Pernell McPhee, I don't because, like, you know, he did leave for big money, but was he a central cog like a Ray Lewis and an Ed Reed? And and that's, of course, such an unfair bar to be held to. But, like, that's kind of what it has to be for me. He wasn't really, but, I mean, he was a key to that defense. He was. That's Think true. about how many and massive sacks he, you know, in that in that year. Because it was here. He wasn't a rookie that year, was he? No, no, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he, I don't know. I thought I thought he was a really good player for us back in the day, and then like I don't know. I I just just an interesting thing. I don't really think he's worthy of it. But yeah, uh, but, but I mean, had adding him to the two limited group. company, yeah. If he if he were to get a ring. Um, there wouldn't be many other folks. I mean, let's let's talk about that. So, Ray was Ray definitely the only person that was on both 2012 and uh, 2000. I want to say yes. I can't think of anybody else who would feel hung like there for was that some long. Rando guy that was on both teams along with Ray, but I I I feel like I'm overlooking somebody like. It wouldn't have been a, a punter. It wouldn't have been obviously Tucker was the kicker. Um, none of the offensive linemen. I don't know. 
I don't know why I'm thinking that. But anyway, so you've got Ray, and then you would have Tucker. Who else is on this team still from 2012? Jimmy Smith. Morgan Cox, Sam Cook. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy was a he was a rookie. Was a rookie. I'm, I'm looking back at this 2000 roster. I don't think there's a... I mean, there's not there. many others, if any. Yeah, and and that's true. Not too many other guys. That's so how young you the team is on offense. Yeah. That's how young the team on offense is, and that's how much turnover went into this defense to make to get it back to this level. Yeah. Because if you remember, there were some middling years with some no-name guys running around uh, trying yeah. to tackle people. Um, but yeah, the, the the list is very short. Very short. But yeah. I don't know. I think I think the I know, random, it, random, some yeah. random thoughts. Really, really nothing, nothing other than. And look, part of my caveat was that he like really lead, continued to lead the defense another couple of years. I don't think he'd be able to retire after a Super Bowl win, and we'd be like, "Oh, Bruno mm-hmm. McBee," you know. But he, yeah, he sure I, has played well. There's he's no extremely question. important. So kudos he's, yeah, he's been extremely important. I don't think you can you can put a guy in there that's playing twenty snaps a game. It just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. But unless you're um, up to the level of Ernest Finer, I, I don't think you well, can make it. Yeah, that's true. But he has been extremely effective, so, and he's right in that sweet spot. I Ernest Finer like, been... did have a fantastic fro, so you have to give him that. You know the the old man fro. So that's got, true. Pernell's got some good hair. I don't know. Well, yeah, he does have some good hair. All right, so I he's wish got I had hair. Yeah, yeah, got that going for him. Yeah. Um. All right, back to it. Prediction time. Enough stalling, Holly. Well, you know what? I I think the Ravens are going to win. I think it's going to be. I talked myself into it. Some yep. one of us. Yeah. I I, I think <laughs> it's going to be a shootout. I don't I don't think they're going to shut the 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 Bills down, but I think the Ravens are going to overpower them enough on the ground to not only stay in the shootout, but ultimately prevail because they're going to be able to hold the ball longer. They're going to wear down that defense, and it's just going to end up, in the end, go, going the Ravens' way. I'm going to say Ravens 38, uh, Bills 28. Okay, that's a little bit higher than I was thinking. I, I think Ravens 27, Bills like 22 or something like that. Okay. It's, like yeah, it. there's like they're gonna go for two or something, or or they're gonna kick a bunch of field goals. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. It, it's gonna be an awesome game. I'm actually gonna be in upstate New York, not at the game, but uh, wife and I are going for a nice ski weekend and carving out a few hours for the Ravens. So uh, thank you to her for carving it out that. on the slopes too. Very nice. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yet again. There you go. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on it. I'm on it this episode. Um, all right. Anything else to add, or, or should we sign off before? Saturday? Yeah, I'd, I'd let's let's just sign off. I think. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know about you, PK, but I am fired up. It's crazy. I mean, crazy. The world is crazy, and 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 now we're here playing the Buffalo Bills in the second and round of the playoffs. In a circle Buffalo, of wagons, they're circling the wagons. And we're here to blow them up. So I, I think uh, all we can do is 
root our Ravens on. Get fired up, folks. Get your purple on Friday and on Sunday. And let's go Ravens. Go Ravens.